Movies have the power to uplift and inspire. Oftentimes, the right ones, the really good ones, are also a catalyst for change. Sometimes they're an adventure, into space, to the end of the world, or maybe to a different time altogether. Or maybe the best ones just make us laugh till we cry. And maybe cry till we laugh. Whether you're a movie lover or enjoy them once in a blue moon, there's nothing quite like going to the movies. In this long-awaited return to the big screen, we'll be journeying through some of our favorite movies as we discover some biblical truths that we can apply to our everyday lives. Now sit up, lean in, and get ready for At The Movies. Oh yeah. Well, welcome City First Church family. How are we doing today? I can tell you're already excited about At The Movies, and I want you to get excited too. Welcoming everyone from our City First Anywhere locations, online, Cape Coral, God Behind Bars, Dixon and Hardy. We say hello from Spring Creek here. Come on, give them all a big welcome round of applause. We love you guys. And like you know, we're starting this brand new series called At The Movies, and some of you have maybe never been with us during an At The Movies series. It's one of our most exciting series that we do every single year. And you know what? The campuses look amazing. In fact, I want to encourage you to take time before and after the, the services to take pictures with family and friends. I mean, we got like superheroes out there. We got Disney princesses out there. We got all kinds of people out there, and especially if you have kids. This is like, this is like such a fun time of the year. And so when you take a picture, do us a favor when you post it on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever, put at City First Church so that we could see the pictures too. And maybe we could also like repost them. And uh, maybe that would even like, you know, create interest for people that don't even come here. And they're like, wow, that looks like fun. I want to go. So anyway, or the next month, we're going to be talking about movies for the next four weekends. But the movies are not really the topic. They're just the beginning of the conversation. The real topics that we're going to talk about are topics that hopefully will help you in your everyday life, relevant topics that will help you starting Monday morning, you know? And so I want to encourage you to attend every single weekend because we're going to pick a different movie every weekend. And, and you know what? You won't want to miss one week. And I want you to bring your friends. Many of you may have brought friends today to all of our locations, or maybe right now you're in your living room and you invited your neighbors over or whatever. That's great. But you know what? every week let's invite more and more people because it gets more and more exciting and a lot more fun and who knows who knows that when we talk about one of these movies one of these weeks there might be an aha moment where we say you know what God you are real and this is relevant to my life and who knows that maybe even someone who's a guest would be like man that was just really benefit added you know Jesus taught truths through parables, all right? Parables is a fancy story uh, that, that really has all of these life-hidden truths, life-changing truths hidden in them, and we're going to do the exact same thing. We're going to tell stories, and we believe that God is going to elevate some truths. Now, back in the day, when I was younger, and I wanted to go see a movie, I had to go 
to one of these places, right? How many of you remember these days, right? You would actually go to a physical theater. There was buttery popcorn, and there was like milk duds and licorice and things like that, you know? And, and I remember that was like a big deal. And it was a big blockbuster movie. You actually had to stand in line outside to get in. But also, I would say this, that if I didn't go to a movie theater, I would go to this place, all right? How many of you remember this place? How many of you are from the blockbuster generation, right? I'm going to sound old-fashioned here for a moment, okay? Especially for all the youngins here in the front. I'm going to sound a little old-fashioned. Maybe I am, but I actually enjoyed on Friday night going to Blockbuster with my friends and browsing through the VHS tapes. You remember those? All right. Or the DVDs to pick out what you were going to watch that night when you went over to your friend's house, you know? And I remember that some movies were so popular that even though the cases were on the rack, you'd open them up and there was no VHS or no DVD inside of it. So you had to go up to what was called the drop box. You remember the drop box? Here's a pick, all right? And you used to go to the drop box and you kind of peeked over the counter into the bin, and you're trying to see whether or not the movie was in there. And every once in a while, you go to the associate on the other side of the counter, and you go, hey, listen, is, is Top Gun in there by any chance, you know? Is there, is there a copy? And, 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 you know, that was like, that was like a, that was an amazing moment in, in American history, can I just tell you? And, and then along came Netflix, you know, the blockbuster killer, and along with all the streaming services, and pretty soon Blockbuster went out of business, except... For one blockbuster. There is one blockbuster still open on the face of the planet. Maybe you don't know this. It is in Bend, Oregon. Literally in Bend, Oregon. Uh, about two months ago, Jen and I were in Portland out there for some meetings, and, and I almost suggested we make the three-hour drive to go see the blast blockbuster. But then I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> you know? But I will tell you that, uh, that America definitely loves watching movies. And it's, it's super convenient now. You know, now you have your Apple TV, your Roku, you have online streaming services, Disney Plus, whatever, you know. And it, it's so much easier now. But, but there's something about going to the blockbuster movie place. So there's something about going into the theaters. And I will tell you this, that today hopefully is the launch to maybe a little bit of reminiscing about movies and how they make us feel and how they move us. And sometimes they make us cry. Sometimes they make us laugh. Sometimes they even make us mad. Sometimes they move us to change. You know, the movies, stories just have power, you could say. And I will say Americans right now especially love superhero movies. And so today, I want to talk about one of them, a Marvel movie by the name of Black Panther. Let's watch this. Tell me something. What do you know about Wakanda? It's a third world country. Textiles, shepherds, cool outfits. All the front. Explorers have searched for it. Called it El Dorado. They looked for it in South America. But it was in Africa the whole time. I'm the only one who's seen it and made it out alive. 
Come on, put your hands together for that, right? Well, Black Panther is a story about a man by the name of T'Challa, and, and he's the son of a king who rules Wakanda. Now, Wakanda is in the middle of the continent of Africa, and it is a resource-rich nation, and it actually is very affluent. There's all kinds of, like, forward-thinking technology. Well, his father, the king, was assassinated, and now T'Challa needs to take over the throne himself, but there's many, many challenges including challenges that are within himself. And so T'Challa has this dream, kind of an out-of-body experience when he talks to his late father about being the king of Wakanda. Let's watch. That is not what I am talking about. I am not ready to be without you. A man who has not prepared his children for his own death has failed as a father. Have I ever failed you? Never. Tell me how to best protect Wakanda. I want to be a great king, Baba. Just like you. You're going to struggle. So you'll need to surround yourself with people you trust. You're a good man. With a good heart. And it's hard for a good man to be king. Hmm. Pretty amazing. You know, sometimes in life, we find ourselves in a place where we wish that someone else would do the heavy lifting for us, right? 
And, and have you ever personally, wherever you're at in your age and stage of life, have you ever personally gotten into a circumstance or a situation where you thought to yourself, I can't do this? Like, I, I can't do this. Like, I don't feel strong enough. I don't feel wise enough. I don't feel talented enough. Like, like you, you've been thrown into the deep end of the pool, and, and you know what? You're not sure you can swim in these waters, right? You might be a student with us, and, and you might be listening today and thinking, you know what? I, I don't know if I can do this whole, like, education thing in the midst of the COVID crazy, and on top of that, I have homework and essays. I don't know how I'm going to make it through the year. Or, or maybe you're a parent, and you, maybe you're even a new parent, and you're thinking, I'm not even sure how to raise my children. Maybe your child is now a teenager, and you're thinking, they haven't written enough books on how to do this, because I don't know what I'm doing, right? Or maybe you're a professional, and you're wondering right now where the workforce in America is super thin, and you're getting all of this work piled on top of you, and you're wondering, I don't know how I'm going to get all this done. Like you were waiting for this weekend. You're like a three-day weekend, thank God, so that I could take a breather, right? Or maybe you're a business owner and you've made it through the last 18 months of the pandemic, but you're not sure how to move forward. Cash flow is crazy. The, the, the supply chain is broken for whatever widget that you're selling, and you're like, my goodness, I don't know if I'm going to make it, how do I do this? Or maybe you're a healthcare worker or a first responder, one of the heroes right now that are working 12-hour shifts for weeks on end, and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how much longer I can do this. See, I know this about, about life, whether we're in a pandemic or not, I know this, that there will always be circumstances that challenge you. They always will. Now, some challenges are, are harder than others. And right now, you may be facing the challenge of your life. I don't know, but I will say this. There are always going to be challenges, and I love what my friend, who's also a well-known author, Mark Batterson, asks. He says this, when do we start believing that God calls us to safe places, to do easy things at convenient times with nice people? <laughs> you know what? So many times, God calls us right into the middle of the battle. Right in the middle, like, into all of a sudden taking on a throne of responsibility that we did not forecast we would have to have. And, and you know what? Your life, my life, many times looks like that. And life is challenging, but this is what I know. The Apostle Paul writes in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, he says this, For we are God's handiwork. And some translations, I love the, some of the translations say we are God's masterpiece. In other words, you are a Rembrandt. You are a Picasso. That you are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, with, listen to this, which God prepared in advance, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, we are surprised by the assignments and the circumstances we find ourselves in, but God is not. In fact, he has been preparing you for this moment. Now, you may not feel prepared but he has been preparing you even before whatever circumstance that is challenging now that you encounter. Before that, he has been preparing you. Now, let me make this real clear. It doesn't mean God created the circumstance. But in his all-knowing wisdom, he knew it was coming. Even if the circumstance was created by sin or the circumstance was created by the, you know, something going on in the world, a virus, he knew it was coming, and he wants to continue to work his purpose 
through your life, even in the midst of the challenge. So really what God needs is this. He doesn't need our capability. He needs our availability. Because you are not capable enough. I am not capable enough. There's no way in my own human wisdom, strength, or abilities I'm capable enough, but this is what I know. If I make myself available, I will become capable. Because when I make myself available to a God who knows what is happening and knows what is going to happen and has been preparing me, when I make myself available, I will become capable eventually. Do you hear that? And so there are things in this life that I want to talk to you about today, and I'm only going to talk about two of them for the sake of time, or otherwise we'd literally be here for days. But there are two challenges to God's purpose in your life. Two challenges. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter if it's your very first time here. You might be walking in a church for the first time in your life. I'm telling you, these two things apply to you just as much as the person who's grown up teething on a pew. All right? And that is this. First challenge is this, the enemy of our souls. The enemy of our souls. The Apostle Paul writes, and he says this in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies, strategies of who? The devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of an unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heaven, in the heavenly places. Now, the minute I say that, I realize some of you are going, that sounds like a fictional movie. That sounds like kind of crazy. But it's true that, that there is a real enemy. And, and what we see happening in this world like what we see happening in Afghanistan, what we see happening in the COVID virus, what we see happening in places around the world and our nation and even our community. Listen, that is a spiritual problem before it's a physical problem. It's a result of sin. It's a result of an enemy who wants to destroy our lives. I was recently talking to someone, and, and you know what, I, I, they were going through a rough time, and I said, I said, man, I'm going to pray for you because it just seems like the enemy is messing with you. And he looked back at me like I, I came from another planet. <laughs> and he goes, do you really believe that? And I go, yes, I absolutely believe that. Because why is it so easy to believe in a God who loves us and not an enemy who hates us? You see, Jesus believed in the devil, we should too, right? So, so life is full of opposition and temptation and hardship because of a very real enemy to our souls who wants to steal our purpose, he wants to rob us of our joy, he wants to kill our relationship with Jesus and destroy our lives. So the battle that you are fighting right now is not the battle that you necessarily think it is. You're really fighting against an enemy that hates you, an enemy that wants to destroy you. And you know, here's a human problem. And you're like, wow, Jer, you sound like an expert if you're talking about a human problem. That's, well, it's an audacious claim, but I do think that I, I, I do think I know. <laughs> here's a human problem. We blame God for much of what we should be blaming the enemy for. And we do this all the time. We go through hardship and like, well, God, why? And what we should really be thinking is, well, of course, there's an enemy that hates me, 
hates our neighborhood, hates our community, hates our city, hates our nation, hates our world, hates us. So therefore, he's going to create havoc, turmoil, pain, hurt, viruses, disease, war, calamity, all of those things. He's going to be behind it like a puppet master orchestrating because he wants us to be not just miserable, he wants us to be eliminated. I'll tell you what, you want to really get to me, mess with my kids. The enemy knows it's the same way with the Heavenly Father. He hates the Heavenly Father, so how does he get to the Heavenly Father? Mess with his kids. Mess with his kids. And so T'Challa, back to the movie, had multiple enemies. They were trying to steal the throne and weaken the, the nation of Wakanda. And in the movie, you know, T'Challa... The the throne actually is eventually stolen from him, and it was by an individual who, as a boy, was basically betrayed by T'Challa's father when he was king. And this boy grew up with bitterness and anger and hatred towards the royal family of Wakanda. And so he decided to make his life's mission to take the throne and rule it with an iron fist, you could say. And so... Let's take a moment and realize that T'Challa didn't do anything to this man, but T'Challa inherited a battle that he did not start. Watch this. He killed his own brother and left a child behind with nothing. What kind of king? What kind of man does that? No man is perfect. Not even your father. He didn't even give him a proper burial. My uncle Njobu betrayed us, but my father... He may have created something even worse. Hey. Look at me. You can't let your father's mistakes define who you are. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. (laughs) You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. You see, T'Challa had to decide. Is he going to continue the pattern of wrong choices that he inherited, that his family set in motion? Or was he going to chart a new path for himself, which brings me to the second area of opposition to God's purpose in our lives. First one being the enemy. Second one is this, generational habits and consequences. Generational habits and consequences. Now, now I know you probably didn't expect me to say that one because that's not one we think about a lot, but many times we inherit the drama of other people's bad decisions. Can I get a big amen? Right? We inherit the drama. We're like sucked into the vortex of it, right? Now, I realize that some of us did not sign up for the battles that we are currently fighting. Sometimes the battles come from the enemy, and sometimes the battles come because of other people's wrong choices that impact us. But at the end of the day, and I want you to listen real closely to this, at the end of the day, we are accountable for what we do, not what other people have done. And we have to decide what kind of person we are going to become. Our culture is 
fixated right now. Go online, you'll see it all over the place. It's like a virus in itself. It's fixated on blaming other people for their own problems. They're blaming other people left and right and canceling them. And I'm not saying what other people have done to you is okay. I'm not making an excuse for them. I am by no means saying that they are not accountable for what they have done. But what I am saying is this, no matter what has happened to you or the battles that you have inherited, you decide what kind of person you will be. It's your life. It's your future. What kind of quality of life will you allow God to create in you? Because we decide. We decide whether we are victor or whether we are victim. No one else can decide it. And so it says in Ezekiel chapter 18, a very interesting verse, a child will not be punished for a parent's sin. And a parent will not be punished for a child's sin. Those who do right will enjoy the results of their own goodness Evil people will suffer the results of their own evil. In other words, I must take responsibility before God for my life. It's very easy for me to get angry and fixated on the things other people have done that have created the battles for my life. It can consume me, but listen to this very closely. Every day that you focus on the wrong that someone else did that created the battles that you are currently fighting is just another day that person controls the narrative of your life. You hear what I just said? That's huge. Every day that you fixate on it, they control the narrative of your life. They steal another day. They steal your joy. They steal your happiness. They steal your mental health. They steal your forward progress. They steal the abundant life that Jesus has promised you every day that you focus on that. You see, we need to realize that they have stolen enough time to determine what kind of person you want to be. Take the reins, get in the driver's seat with Jesus with you and say, I choose to have an abundant life because you're, a, you're basically forfeiting that abundant life by hanging on to blame. You see, you are victorious in Christ. Walk in that. You, you, you are a new creation in Christ. Live in that. You are strong and have strength in Christ. Thrive in that. And you are forgiven in Christ. So guess what? Forgive others because of that, right? So as we begin to close, we've been talking about, you know, God has prepared us in advance for these challenges and will work his purpose through our lives, even through bad circumstances. And we've talked about two things that fight God's purpose, but today I want to talk for the remaining time about two things that help you overcome so that you can realize the purposes of God. So these are how you overcome. In the movie, T'Challa continuously was guided by something greater than emotion. And by the way, most people today are guided by their emotion. Most people look at feelings as a true north. But we see that the king, the new king, decided to live by conviction, which brings me to the first point on how you overcome. Number one, we must make decisions based upon truth and values, not emotions, feelings, or convenience. 
So important that we do that. Your life needs a standard. If you're, you know, in construction, it needs a plumb line, right? You know what a plumb line is? Otherwise, this is what you're going to do. You're going to customize your truth to fit your preferred choices. That's what people do with my truth. I customize my truth to fit what I conveniently already believe or I'm already doing. You see, is truth in you or is truth outside of you? Is truth something you create or is truth already established that you align your life to? See, that's what you got to decide. And it says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says this, study this book of instruction, otherwise known as the Bible, continually, God says. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper. Only then. When? Once you meditate on the word of God day and night. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. So your decisions must be informed by God's word to receive God's blessing. God can't bless your disobedience. <laughs> God can't bless what you feel is right. God can only bless how you live right. And so therefore, we need to realize our life is not based upon feelings, convenience, or emotion. And at the end of the Black Panther, T'Challa and a small group of those that were loyal to the throne of the kingdom decide that they are going to wage a battle against the man who stole the throne. So let's watch as they do that. Bambi! Hatred. You are not fit to be a king. Come on. Ayo, the king.
Drop your weapon. Would you kill me, my love? For Wakanda? You know what? We're all fighting battles, whether at work or at school, or maybe it's family battles, maybe it's health battles. Whatever battle you're fighting, my last point is this, what you saw right there. Number two, you are never victorious alone. You're never victorious alone. Some of you are trying to fight your battles alone. Like, like literally, you're, you're going, I, I got this. I'm just going to cowboy up. I'm going to cowgirl up. <laughs> I, I got this. But you can never be victorious alone. In fact, it says in the Word of God in an Old Testament book called Ecclesiastes. I know it's a mouthful. <laughs> but there's some wisdom here about not battling alone. It says this, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls the other can reach out and help but someone who falls alone is in real trouble and today I will tell you that in the battles of life you need other people to help you they may not understand your battle at the level that you do they may not all the way understand all the circumstances but they're surrounding you they're praying for you they're encouraging you they're asking you maybe sometimes the tough questions they're maybe even helping to in a good way correct you we all need that everyone needs that we need a team and this week i want to give you some very practical next steps because some of you are like going man i this truth applies to me, and that truth Jerry said applies to me, and this verse, man, that applies to me. But, but what about this? How do I really work out this whole, like, like, not battling alone thing? Well, two things. Number one is this, is that today we begin a brand new life group semester. And, you know, you can get involved in a life group. But I know some of you are like going, oh, you talk about it all the time. It's because it's the big room becoming small, and it's lines or rows becoming circles and that's where real relationship happens when you get to know each other's stories and you can journey together supporting one another and yeah we have life groups that are bible studies but we also have life groups that are like interest based like you know mountain biking we have life groups that are common interest based which means like you know you're at an age of stage like we have young moms life groups that are getting together going oh my gosh I'm so tired <laughs> you know we have people that, that get together in all kinds of groups. And if you want more information about that, go to our app, go to our website, go to the Next Step booth if you're at a physical location. Someone will help you get connected to a group. The second thing is this. The first Sunday of every month, and this is the first Sunday of September, we begin Growth Track. 
So Growth Track is basically, it goes for four weeks in a row, and it tells you how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to take the next step of faith, how to find your gift, like your spiritual gift that God put inside of you, and how to exercise it in everyday life. I'm telling you, it's a phenomenal thing. Get involved with Growth Track, and right now, even if you're online, we have an online version of Growth Track that you could participate in also, so you don't even have to be in a physical location. Those are just two of the ways that you can get other people in with you, even though you're in a battle, to help you and to raise your arms, to to support you. In life, there will always be circumstances that challenge you. But here's a promise that I leave you with today. It is found in the book of Psalms, chapter 138. It says this, The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. That, that, that verse, you need to put that for some of you. You need to put that like on your mirror. You need to put that like in your car on a sticky tab or something like that. Let me read it again. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. Even in the midst of a battle, he's going to work out his purpose in your life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Just because you're in a battle doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Just because you're in a battle and a challenge doesn't mean God has forgotten you. He loves you and his love endures forever. And guess what? His plan, which by the way is good, his good plan is going to work out eventually in your life, even in the midst of the enemy's attacks and even in the midst of inherited battles, he'll work out his good. So let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes at all locations. Even right now, if you're in your living room, watching on your Apple TV, just do me a favor, bow your head, close your eyes. And if right now you say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life to work out his good plan. Maybe, maybe you're here for the first time and like you've literally never thought of the idea of making Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life. You know what? He died for you and for me 2,000 years ago on a cross. We talk about it at Easter time. But why did he die? To be punished for our wrongdoing or what the Bible calls sin. And all we have to do is we just pray a prayer and we invite him into our life to be the leader. We're basically saying, God, I want you to be king. You're a good king. I want you to be king of my life. And guess what? All of your sin, all the wrong is erased. And you can have heaven as your home someday. But before that, God's purpose in your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, that's me. I want that. You're not joining a church today. We're not going to make you stand up. We're not going to make you come forward. We're not going to make you do anything. But just before God, with every head bowed and eyes closed, just raise your hand and say, I want Jesus to be the leader and forgiver of my life. Just put your hand up right now. Yeah, hands are up in our auditorium, and I guarantee in every auditorium, maybe even in living rooms. You can put your hand down. Can we all say this prayer after me? Repeat this prayer after me. And this is a prayer basically saying, I invite you, Jesus, to be the leader of my life. Forgive me. So let's say this together. Jesus, I come to you today, and I need forgiveness for all that I've done wrong. So I repent of all my sin. Come into my life. Give me forgiveness. Give me your purpose. And give me a new life. Thank you for dying for me and loving me just the way that I am. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give 
Just a, a round of applause to everybody that prayed that prayer, right?